Hey, 20-something, come on in, take a seat. Let me guess, you're here because you're trying to catch a vision for your future and make forward progress towards building a life you're proud of. You also might have some questions about relationships, both personal and professional, and how to stay healthy mentally and emotionally and spiritually in your 20s. Good news, you're in the right place. Welcome to Office Hours with Jen. I'm your host, mentor, and older, wiser sister you've never had or didn't know you needed, Jen Prentice. Each week on Office Hours with Jen, we'll cover a topic that will help you navigate careers, relationships, and spiritual, mental, and emotional health in your 20s. In every episode, I'll give you a gentle reminder or a mantra and one action item, maybe two or three, for the week, all in 20 minutes or less. Today, we're continuing our discussion about how to initiate and develop relationships in your 20s. Healthy relationships are a key aspect to success in your 20s. Professional, platonic, romantic, whatever type of relationships you're currently in or trying to nurture, I want you to keep these three words in mind. Curiosity, conversation, and connection. Our unofficial mantra for this three-part series is strong relationships are born out of curiosity, grown through conversation, and sustained by connection. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes on curiosity and connection, go back and listen. And of course, keep a piece of paper and pen in hand while you do. Today, we are going to wrap up this series on relationships by talking about how to create and sustain connection in your friendships, in your romantic relationships, with your family, with your boss, with your coworkers. Really, when it comes to connection in any type of relationship, you have to figure out three things. First, who you want to connect with. Second, the type of connection that you want to have with those people. And third, what a strong connection with the people that you are in relationship with and who you want to be in relationship with looks like. What does connection look like to them? And what does connection look like to you? Something I understand now that I did not understand in my 20s is that I do not have to have a deep connection or even a friendship with everyone I meet or see on a regular basis. In my 20s, I really felt the need to try to get together with everyone. Like I would meet someone at work or at the gym or at church and have a conversation with them. And even if I didn't enjoy the conversation, I'd still end it by saying, oh, well, we should grab coffee sometimes. So I'd end up going on a lot of coffee outings with a lot of people that I really didn't wanna be going on. It overtaxed my schedule while simultaneously never allowing me to form a deeper connection with anyone because I was going on too many first hangs and never seeing anyone on a consistent basis. So if that's you, if you're like I was in my early 20s, I really wanna release you from the need to be everyone's friend. I also want to release you from the need to have everyone want to be your friend. So just like you may not want to connect with everyone, let me let you in on a hard truth, guys. Not everyone is gonna wanna connect with you. And that's okay. Just like you can't force someone to love you or be in a romantic relationship with you, you can't force people to be friends with you either. The sooner that you release yourself and others from the pressure to be friends when there is simply nothing there to connect the two of you, the better. Another thing I didn't realize in my 20s that I do in my 30s is that different friends fulfill different roles in your life. You know, I think COVID shrunk a lot of our friend circles, but as we possibly return to a new normal schedule post-COVID restrictions, I want to remind you that not every friend is 
good for doing everything with. I have friends that I work out with. I have friends that I talk about career goals with. I have mom friends whose kids and I go on play dates to the park together. And most of what we talk about revolves around our kids. And all of that is good. And I love seeing those friends. But to be honest, I probably have fewer than five friends who I see more than once or twice a month and who I actually feel comfortable really confiding in. So you don't have to be friends with everyone and you don't have to be close friends with everyone. Pick and choose who you are going to be really close friends with. One final note on that. Remember that the people you may connect with the most may not be the people that you expect to connect with. One of my very best friends and I could not be more opposite in the ways that we were raised and the things that we're interested in. But at a fundamental level, we both want to leave people and the world around us better than when we came into it. And that core value has provided a really solid foundation for our friendship, despite any disagreements we might have on particular political or religious issues. Side note, if you all haven't listened to this week's episode of my other podcast, The Morning Rage, I highly suggest doing so. My co-host Lauren and I talked with author Ashley Abercrombie about how to love people well in our very divided world. It's worth a listen and it's so relevant to what we are talking about in this relationship series. Okay, let's get back to connection. Once you know who you want to connect with and what type of connection you want to have with them, it's a good idea to figure out how to best form a connection with those people. And this is gonna look different in platonic versus romantic relationships versus relationships with your family. I'm gonna make two suggestions here. One, no matter what type of relationship you are trying to cultivate, I cannot recommend the Enneagram and understanding your Enneagram number and your friends and your family and your significant other's Enneagram numbers and how that affects the way that they operate in the world enough. The Enneagram is a tool that I will talk a lot about on here. It helps us better understand the lens through which we and those around us view the world. And it has truly changed my marriage and my relationships both with other people and with myself. Two, I know Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages book is old and over-referenced, but there's a reason that it has stood the test of time, guys. It's because it's important and it's true, especially in romantic relationships. And Gary actually has a number of books for single people and for people in the workplace as well that talk about communication and connection and what love languages might look like in non-romantic relationships. So I'm gonna link to the Five Love Languages website as well as the Enneagram Institute website in the show notes because these are two resources that I wish I had used more fully in my 20s. That's action item number one for this episode go do your research on either the Enneagram or the five love languages. I'd love for you to do your research on both of them, but I'm not naive enough to think that all of you will. Now, as we close out this episode, I'm gonna keep things pretty short this week. I want to give you five things that you can do today to start fostering deeper connections in your relationships. These five things I honestly think apply for romantic, platonic, familial relationships. If you are wanting to deepen your connection with someone in your life, here are five ways to do that. Number one, spend time with them face to face. I realize that in the flesh meetups are not always possible in long distance relationships or even in our COVID world, but technology is a wonderful thing. FaceTime, Zoom, Skype. I mean, I think even Instagram has a video chat feature now. I think they have like little faces that you can put on yourself. It's actually kind of hilarious, but it's very hard to foster strong connection without face-to-face communication. I know that life is busy, but I would recommend making an effort to see the friends who really matter to you at least two to four times a month 
and seeing a significant other almost every day if possible. Face-to-face communication is especially important if you need to have a hard conversation. It is very hard to talk on the phone or through text and completely understand someone's tone, their emotional state, and their heart. And for them to understand your tone and your emotional state and your heart when you aren't looking them in the eye. Nonverbal communication is an essential part of connection. Speaking of hard conversations, the second way to foster connection in relationships is to be vulnerable. This does not mean bearing your soul to everyone. I told you earlier that there are probably fewer than five people who know nearly everything about me. My husband and my brother are actually two of those people. What it does mean is choosing the right situations and the right people at the right times to be honest with about how you're feeling. So in the workplace, this might look like talking with a coworker who you trust and want to form a deeper connection with and admitting that you're nervous about undertaking a new project at work, maybe asking for his or her advice on something. Chances are the other people you're trying to form a connection with are feeling some kind of way about something too, and they're just waiting for you to share your stuff first, and they will generally reciprocate. Again, being vulnerable doesn't mean bearing your soul to everyone. It means acknowledging how you feel about something asking for what you need, being honest with people about what's going on in your life when the time is appropriate. And the time is not always appropriate. The older you get, I think the more you will develop discernment around who is appropriate to be vulnerable with and when it's appropriate to be vulnerable with them. And sometimes you're gonna choose wrong and that's part of life. I've definitely been there. I still have times when I choose to be vulnerable with someone and realize the next day or a couple weeks later that that wasn't really the right time or the right person to be vulnerable with. So I know the word vulnerability and another word authenticity are huge buzzwords in our culture today. That's actually great news because you can find a lot of research on how to be both vulnerable and authentic pretty much anywhere. Google Brene Brown if you don't know who she is already and you will find a treasure trove of information on vulnerability and authenticity from her alone. All that being said, if you find yourself having a hard time being vulnerable in your relationships, I cannot recommend going to counseling enough. I go to counseling fairly regularly. It has been hugely instrumental in my emotional and spiritual health. Okay, the third thing that you can do to create deeper connections with people today is to share experiences. This kind of goes back to spending time face-to-face with people, but instead of just always going out to dinner or going to a movie, side note, going to movies really doesn't do much for fostering connection with people because you're not really talking. And remember, conversation is one of the key elements to growing deeper in your relationships. So do fun things. Do things that involve interacting with other people. I mean, Guys, why do you think people get engaged at the end of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette after they have only known each other for like three weeks? It's because they bonded over a shared set of crazy, fun experiences. So instead of always doing the same thing with the people that you're friends with or the people that you are romantically involved with or even your family, Break out of the box and try to find new fun experiences to share together. Number four, the fourth thing that you can do to cultivate deeper relationships with your people today 
is let things roll off your back. This probably won't come as a shock to anyone, but we are a culture, we are a people who are far too easily offended. Rather than assuming that someone meant to be mean or sarcastic or harmful in a comment that they said to you, or rather than letting your mind go to the worst possible scenario when someone doesn't text or call or DM back right away, assume the best, not the worst about people. Furthermore, learn to accept an apology and say you're sorry when it's needed. I mean, this loosely goes hand in hand with learning people's love languages and their Enneagram number because when you understand how someone views the world, it's easier to understand their point of view and their communication style and to not get so easily offended when they aren't doing or saying something the way that you would do it or the way that you would say it. This is a topic that we could talk about for ages and likely will do another podcast on in the future. Okay, my last suggestion for creating connection and relationships is one that I was really not so good at in my early 20s, but that I have become better and better at as I've gotten older, and it has served me so, so well. It's super simple, guys. Don't gossip. Just don't do it. If a person is talking about someone else in front of you, they are probably talking about you in front of someone else. Don't be that type of person, and honestly, try to stay away from people who are huge gossipers. There are just so many more interesting things to discuss than critiquing and criticizing other people's lives. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You guys, these episodes, again, they are really only skimming the surface of what I wanna share with you about relationships, about everything. But my intention for Office Hours with Jen is that you will hear something and go do more research on it. Go figure out how to apply it to your life. That's also why I started my weekly newsletter. It goes out every Friday. You can sign up at jenprentice.com or via my Instagram bios at office hours with Jen and at Jen Prentice. We go a little bit deeper into some of these topics in my weekly newsletters. So it's my hope that our time together helps you feel a little bit more grounded as you go into your week, more confident in the decisions that you have to make, and more excited about your personal life and your career. New episodes of Office Hours with Jen drop every Monday. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to connect and talk more about your journey of self-discovery and how to catch a vision for your future, Instagram is usually the best place to find me. Again, that is at Office Hours with Jen or at Jen Prentice. My office doors are always open.